Hey, and welcome to Gizmo Sapiens Show 221. I'm Chris, and with me today is... I am Matt. And uh, we're going to cover something a little lighter than the last episode. We're going to cover pop culture and, and, you know, our favorite stuff on that's on television and, and, and everything. And uh, I'll let you kick it off, Matt. Well... Let's talk. Uh, let's talk Andor because we. Uh, yeah. We uh, we we kind of briefly talk about that a little bit off air. Uh, I I think you, you you are enjoying it a little more than I am. Um, to me, it's a little slow getting started, and only really in the last episode or two is it finally getting to the gist of the real story. It, it, yeah, I mean, I I will agree with you. It, it is a lot slower paced than particularly like the Mandalorian or even the book of Ma- the Mandalorian. I mean, Boba Fett. Um, well, I, I think there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, 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 an approach to the storytelling in Andor that is very reminiscent of, of the book of Boba Fett. And, and it's not a good thing. There are too many throwaway characters that have no, and too many diversions from the plot that actually matter to the story that I, I just, it's, it's... I, I will agree with you. There seem to be a lot of incidental characters that don't mean a whole lot. And, 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 and the thing is, is they're in... Without giving away spoilers, like the last couple of episodes, the characters that he's dealing with directly, I have a feeling that the majority of them are going to be killed. <laughs> Which, quite frankly, I'm okay with because I don't yeah. like any of them. Yeah. Um, actually, my favorite characters in the show are the Imperial, the ISB agents, and yeah. and the bickering that goes on between them, and and then the the uh, the major who his. Who's kind of a mentor? You, I mean, you, you can't fail to like the guy, yeah. And knowing that he works for the Imperial Security Bureau, you know, and and, yeah. and you're like, you know, it, it's kind of like Grand uh, Grand Marshal or Grand Admiral Thrawn. Thrawn. You yeah. you love the character in the Timothy Zahn books because there was respect and and he had skill and yeah. Yeah, the ISB guys are, are my favorite characters. Well, I don't even like Cassian so far. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's hard to see Cassian Andor in the series so far compared to in Rogue One, where you know he was kind. It you didn't. It, it's one of these issues. It's kind of like Han Solo in, in the original Star Wars. He was already a developed character yeah. um, when they start the series out, and so when they introduce Cassian Andor in Rogue One, he's already a developed character. And and I mean, the you know the other character I am enjoying the story arc on, but it, it's a sub arc, is the Mon Mothma, Mothma story. You know, they almost had to do that because, well, one we're talking about the. The birth of the rebellion. Yeah. So you you can't tell that story without her. But to make her a minor character in it, 
or not the lead character yeah, in it it's kind of it weird is odd yeah because quite frankly but there's, you know this there's, is there's this nothing is... about Cassian Andor that makes me go like yeah here's the guy who started the rebellion yeah well you know and the funny thing about that is that seems to be the way that Disney has wanted to to do the whole Star Wars story um, with the exception of the Mandalorian and I think that was because the Mandalorian what they developed a character yeah that was strong enough to be able to drive a storyline and and you know and and you gotta you gotta give nod to the Mandalorian and the fact that it comes from his his storyline is largely driven by all of the material that was created in the Clone Wars cartoon you know you wouldn't have Bo-Katan and the Darksaber and Pre Vizsla, you know, and all of that, if the Clone Wars hadn't existed. Um, but that's the um, that's the influence of David Fillion. Yes. On John Favreau. Exactly. Which bringing those two guys together to create something in this universe is is magic. It is. It is. So being Disney Plus, they're going to screw with that formula. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it'll be interesting. I know they're planning multiple seasons of Andor. And I'm, I'm right now, I mean, I, I have been enjoying it. But again, I'm, I've been enjoying the Imperial side of it because it's like, you know, and every time I watch it, I, I, I go back to the uh, it's not really an argument but the debate we have about whether you know the empire <laughs> who, who are the good guys yeah who are the good story? guys in the story you know the rebels are they rebels or are they terrorists and you know is the empire a because but the other part of that story is, is you have to recognize that what we see is rebel propaganda yes you know otherwise it's like well but why are you I, I, how, how could you ever have that argument well, you know, on the flip side of it too, though, is you have to compare uh, the empire to uh, to governments that we, you know, whether it's the U.S. government or the Roman government or the European Union or Great Britain, and you know what, none of them are perfect, and neither was the empire, you know, and and you look at the goals that they're trying to to uh, you know do, which is protect the protect the empire, protect its citizenry, you know, um, and everything else. So, you know, it, it, it would be, it's like when you look at the rebel propaganda, they're looking at the corner cases where things aren't working right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The, um, I saw an article the other day and I had to chuckle because it's, this is, so buried George Lucas you know supposedly when he was creating Palpatine and the Empire he was shaping it to reflect Richard Nixon mm -hmm. now I don't know how much of that I buy because quite frankly George Lucas isn't that smart he would definitely wouldn't have sold Disney for what he sold it, or sold Star Wars or Lucas Arts and Lucas Film 
right to Disney for what he sold it for him to to watch his his legacy because that's the funny thing is is it's people aren't going you and I are going well Disney's ruining this other other people are going well what was George Lucas thinking you know Disney was smart enough to keep the Lucas Arts name and Lucas uh, film I mean. It doesn't say Disney at the beginning of all these Star Wars things. It says Lucas. <laughs> you probably hit the skip button on the. When no, they... I do kind of remember seeing the Disney Plus logo too, but yeah, yeah but... you're right. It, Lucas Arts is still pretty uh, prominent. Yeah. But again, that's what Disney bought. They bought the Lucas name. Same. Exactly. I also find it interesting, as soon as we're in Star Wars, James Earl Jones signed away his uh, vocal performance rights to an AI for, for uh, Darth Vader to continue in perpetuity, which I think is interesting. But uh, not particularly uh, newsworthy. Yeah. After well, what they've done, when Skynet starts talking to us, it'll be in James Earl Jones's voice. <laughs> I will crush you. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, when I look at the the, I, I'm still of the opinion that I would be just as happy not having Disney Plus as having it. And, and I think the numbers, the subscriber numbers are saying that too. <laughs> because for the most part, Disney has ruined their two top, uh, or, or they're not, they are not performing good stewardship of their two top properties. You know, the, the MCU started to decline fast first. And we're watching Star Wars do that as well. Because frankly, since Disney owned it, I, I, I was at a toy show, um, and a buddy of mine there, he, we were talking about Star Wars, and uh, he was like, I guess those first three movies that, you know, the, the prequels aren't so bad now, are they? And I'm like, no, I love Jar Jar Binks. He's a great character. You know, <laughs> you know when you, you compare that to Rise of Skywalker, and I mean, Adam Driver is a good actor, but that is the worst performance you, you could have got a 12-year-old cosplaying who would have had a better performance as Kylo Ren. You know, and, and you know, Disney let Harrison Ford kill off the, the Han Solo character, who was probably one of the most beloved characters in the ser series, so that because it was inconvenient for him. No, recast the guy. I mean, who cares? Uh yeah, yeah. My my beef with that is, hey, how many James T. Kirks have we now had? Exactly. You know, uh, uh, and I was in one of those camps that said, you know, William Shatner is and will always, always be. ever be the captain. Yep. Um, am I upset that Chris Pine got? Cast well at the time, I was like, "Who is this fool?" But I think he actually did a pretty good job. He did. I, you know, it, it's kind of funny. So when I look at the 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 span of the, in a way, 
that Paramount and CBS did a good job of recasting the you know characters. I mean, mm-hmm. they yeah they could have brought William Shatner back and but that would have changed the whole you know whole. It, it's not that they were really trying to reboot Star Trek, but it there it definitely wouldn't have worked with the storyline that they had taken, which they had done a good job you know integrating comic books and you know other art to prep all of that and uh but you know i I think chris pine made a a good kirk particularly in the first movie you know he had the same swagger and everything but i'll tell you carl urban as mccoy was amazing yeah you know but that's what you get when you get a a bona fide actor yeah yeah that's like uh um, <laughs> I, but then they they missed a few. I, I as much as I love Simon Pegg oh, and yeah, Scotty, you know that was Hot Hot Fuzz and and Shaun of the Dead are two of my favorite movies. He does not make a good uh, Scotty. They should have cast uh, James Doohan's son Chris. He yeah could have done a, a been Scott. You know. But then again, you know, uh, Simon Pegg brings in a, a, a certain segment of the audience. Yeah, and, and it that, was calculated. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, there was there was no part of that casting that wasn't calculated. No, I mean, they brought John Chu in to be Sulu, and and I'll tell you, Anton Yel- Yelchin did a great job as yeah. Chekhov. He, 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 I would put him uh, maybe even above par uh, of Walter Koenig. Koenig, yeah. For, for Chekhov. <laughs> for Chekhov, yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, they, they did a good job casting those characters, or the, you know, the, the actors to fill those roles. But that's what they should have done. And, you know, I even think uh, of the new Star Wars movies that have come out, Rogue One definitely was the, the best one. And that... The reason it was good was because it was bookended by existing Lucas films that that Lucas did. Um, but I also thought the Han, Sol- Han Solo story was good. The the Han Solo story is actually getting um, more praise now than when than, it came out. Than when it came out. But but uh, what's the kid's name who played Han Solo in that? I Young Han Solo, he did a great job. You know, he had the swagger, he had the, the, uh, the attitude, and and he he did a good job. And you know, actually in that movie, I I, I liked the story. It you know it opened up and it kind of it gave you the history of Han Solo without dragging on too long. But then it also introduced some great characters like Woody Harrelson's character. You yeah. know. Well, and I also like the idea that uh, you know you get the that that criminal organization whose name uh, the Black Sun. Yeah, you, you know that you can now. There's a whole rogues gallery of of other characters that are interesting that that you can use as as foils too. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, and, and you know. They should have exploited that, because you know the, the problem with the whole Rise of Sky, Skywalker series or story, 
that three movies, was that it was typical of J.J. Abrams, which was, I'm going to make an homage to a beloved science fiction franchise that I know nothing about. <laughs> and so, you know, the first movie, they, they could have ended it for me after the first movie because the first movie was a ba basically the, you know, uh, episodes four, five, and six. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. <coughs> I just I, I I'm I'm not overly impressed with where where the Star Wars stuff has gone in, in Disney. No. I mean Mandalorian well, one, aside. Yeah, Mandalorian aside. I am looking forward to Ahsoka only for Thrawn, but Yeah, me too. Well I'm 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 looking forward to it for both Thrawn and Ezra Bridger, because he's supposed to be part of that story too. Because he's, yeah. you know, it, and and uh, that will be interesting. And and I do like the Ahsoka character, and I like what they did with her within the Mandalorian. Yeah, um, agreed. So you know it, but see, I, I really consider that to be more Mandalorian than. <laughs> than the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, the the book of Boba Fett. I my question is is I hope they're not planning on another season because really it was just a supplement it was like supplemental material to drive the Mandalorian story. Yeah. You know. And and I can't just see them having another season of supplemental material about Boba Fett. Or or at least about the Mandalorian where he crosses over with Boba Fett. <laughs> But I mean, there was a whole episode of the book of Boba Fett that didn't have Boba Fett in it, just the Mandalorian. Yeah. You know. Um, well, let's move on off of Star Wars. Um, I know we're not the only ones disappointed in Star Wars. So, so uh, I'm actually going to jump back a little. We ha we haven't talked uh, about this stuff since July, um, when a lot of it was announced at uh, San Diego Comic Con. But. Um, there is a trailer out there for Picard season three. We know the um, villain is female. Uh, we know we're going to be visiting the old Enterprise from time to time, and Picard will be dealing with the fallout from the trauma he experienced as a youth and is now confronting it that we saw in season two of Picard. Um, uh, Alex Kurtzman said Brent Spiner, who will be in the season. Uh, uh, is a new old character and um, Gates McFadden said stuff for season three is best stuff for the character of Beverly Crusher ever now it is my bar. it is it is my understanding that this the 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 critical plot device and, and the motivation for the whole season is that somebody kidnaps Beverly Crusher and so the crew comes together to go get her. Um, and not uh, and the myths have been dispelled that even though there are going to be flashbacks to the Enterprise, uh, you know, Picard's Enterprise D, um, that ship's not going to be pulled out of mothballs anytime or anything like that. It was destroyed, actually, if you remember. <laughs> or, or the Enterprise E. We're more than likely going to see the Titan because... 
that's Riker's ship, and he's still technically in Starfleet. Um, but you know that so far they've been pretty tight-lipped. Other than that, well, I've heard that uh, Seven is now the captain. Yes, something, like, something like that. Yeah. So. Well, I, I think it's Admiral Riker, because I've seen some flashes and. He has the, the Admiral's bars on his collar in a couple of scenes. So it, that should be interesting. Because it would be hard to bring Seven in. She was never in Starfleet, <laughs> technically. Um, so uh, Strange New Worlds Season 2 was also announced, which we knew was coming. I mean, during the first season, they there had been pictures of the Kirk character, yeah, being filmed with, uh, with uh, the Noonien Singh character, and uh, from from season two, which I was shocked because uh, I was impressed by the, the. I mean, there were some moments where I thought, "Man, this is kind of stupid," or "It's a little preachy here and there." In Strange New World season one, but for uh, for the most part, I thought it was excellent. It's probably the best Trek series they've come up with, with the best writing, yeah. since they rebooted Trek. Um, but um, we know that that uh, Kirk, the Paul Wesley Kirk, is going to be a recurring character in that season, along with uh, Sam Kirk. <laughs> Lieutenant Sam Kirk, who's you know a crew member, um, we know that there's going to be a crossover, and Tony Newsom and Jack Quaid are actually going to be real life Boimler and Mariner in an episode of Strange New Worlds in season two. Uh, we also know that that crossover was directed by Jonathan Frakes, because uh, season two has already been filmed. Uh, Correct. For, for Strange New Worlds. So it's just we're just waiting for the production and, yeah, and, and the and, cycle and to start over. Yeah. Um, let's see. That's pretty much it about season two. And then, of course, season three of Lower Decks is going on right now. It, it's the, to me, the season's been a little flat. It has. I, so I watched like the first two episodes when they came out like five weeks or four weeks ago. And until last night and this morning, I hadn't watched the remaining three. Um, I just watched the bird episode. Was that, that, the last, that's that was the last, last one I caught Yeah, up. that was the last one you're caught up. So, um, you know, everybody, I, I actually thought the first two episodes were better than the current three, you know, the, the or the last three most current ones, and part of it is is the whole Deep Space Nine episode was terrible. It was just terrible. I think they were, they kind of rested on their laurels with the storyline, thinking that, well, Quark and, and Colonel Norris are characters in this show, you know, in this episode, so we're going to rely on just their the nostalgia the nostalgia to carry, to carry it. it you know and and so you have Norris and Shax having this contest about who saved each other last that was stupid and um, but it's a very Bajoran thing though. yeah 
And then you had uh, Quirk, you know, uh, stealing technology from some, you know, because they're trying to, to, to revive a relationship with a, a race who was in control by the, the Dominion, and and, all, and you know, it just, it was, it was very flat. The best part of the show, that there were, there were two better best parts of the show. One is Boimler winning all that money yeah. at the Dabo table and then going, well, we don't even use money in Starfleet. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. And then um, Tendi uh, kicking ass on, uh, on the, you know, the alien ship when they yeah. got trapped there. And, and, but that's it. And, you know, that was what, between the two of those, maybe three minutes of the entire 30-minute show. Mm-hmm. Um. And then the last episode with the bird planet, that one was, it, it was better. I would say it was better than the Deep Space Nine one, but uh, it was obviously a transition episode to set things up for a future, uh, you know, intelligent uh, computer episode to bring back uh, Agamon. Yeah. You know? So, which so we're five episodes into the season. It's only a ten episode, twelve episode season, maybe. And I don't feel like we've had any great episodes, you know. No, and really, the the first episode really just kind of wrapped up the the previous season, which was fine. I yeah, mean, absolutely. You got to do that, but uh i i didn't find it particularly well the, the second yeah. episode i thought was good because that's when mariner had to go and 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 jack ransom actually became a real character yeah i actually feel like ransom is now a real character because he's you know all up in mariner's business and and i mean and they did carry that through some of the these last three the, the last <coughs> three episodes of the season where they've uh you know he he threatened to send her to starbase 80. <laughs> And I did find that episode, what was that, episode three, was funny. Yeah. Uh, it's, that was probably the best episode of the season so far, as far as engagement and humor, where they're at, a, they're at like a job career fair, yeah. and Mariner and Boimler are, are manning the Starfleet booth and trying to get people to sign up. Um, I, you know, that, I, there, that was pretty good. And, you know, yes, part of that episode was to set up some future thing with that archaeologist former starfleet officer who's an archaeologist and and all this other thing but um the story had a fun uh, it, it had a humorous a good humorous storyline and, and what i like most about lower decks is they don't have throwaway characters that they spend a lot of time on that's how you know that no, archaeologist is coming come back. back exactly you, you can see where they it's it, it it's kind of a teaser or an homage. To <laughs> no, it's it's a teaser to bring you know that you're they're bringing back a character or or they're going to make a new recurring character. At least for a for an arc. Yeah, for a, for a story arc. Yes, which it is kind of reminiscent of the way Next Gen you know did it because you had a main story arc in every episode and a couple of sub story arcs and that's how they kept all the main characters engaged across you know the seasons and and things and and i i see that there i see that 
in Strange New Worlds. You know, you could there was foreshadowing in the first episode that they introduced the Gorn where we didn't see them to the season finale or the the episode before the season finale where we lost Hemet, which is one of my favorite characters. Losing Hammer, I think, is is yeah. a uh, is a bad omen. I and they're bringing that actor back to play another character, which it's not the actor that I cared about. No, you know, they, it was they, the they, they, they act like, oh, we're, well, we're bringing him back, but you're not bringing back that character, and it was that character that was so endearing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I almost think that now that I look back on it, though. Um, we didn't, you, you know, in all the Trek lore, and I will say this, Star Trek tries to be better than, for the most part, I mean, they, they've, they've never been completely consistent, but they they understand the Bible, you know, and the bookends that these, these uh, series have to uh, kind of fit in. I mean, that's why they, they felt trapped after they did the first couple seasons of Discovery, and that's why they jumped the shark to, you know, way in the future. Um, but, you know, we never heard of Hemmer as a character. And, you know, even in, you know, in TOS or the TOS movies, you know, it, and I, I forget, I had read somewhere that they're bringing somebody, an actress, to come in and be the chief engineer Correct. For season two, uh, and I can't remember who it is. Somebody we, who's fairly famous and well known. Uh, oh, uh, oh, I almost had it. But you know, she's going to be the transition to Scotty at some point. And yeah. And and that there is rumor that Carol Kane. That's right, Carol Kane. Yeah. And there's rumor that Scotty will make an appearance as a ensign or lieutenant. He's already made a vocal appearance. Yes. So you know he's on the ship. Ship, yeah. Which is canon. Yes. Well, and the, and that flows into, you know, the original. Well, where no man has gone before the second. Yeah. Uh, uh, pilot. Pilot. Yeah. Of the original series. So, I mean, I think they're doing a good job overall. Um. I just, I, I, you know, and again, there's some good highlights so far of Lower Deck Season 3, but <laughs> it's, right, right now it's, it's not blown my socks off like the, the uh, particularly, it's kind of a letdown when you take it from Strange New Worlds and then going into Lower Decks. Um, you know, but and, you know what, I, I was afraid of that. Yeah, I was too. I would almost rather have had... Lower discovery, depth. yeah. Right now, yeah. Where it's like we we already know that's a letdown. Yeah, and then lower decks and be like, oh, lower oh, decks awesome. is so much Thank better. God, yeah. And then they go to Strange New Worlds. Oh man, that's even better. Yeah. You know, and, and or, or Prodigy. Yeah. Give us well, give Pro us Prodigy now. Well, Prodigy, you know, I, I, I did we ever see the second half of the first season? No, it's going to be. It's supposed to be this fall. So Prodigy is going to be the run into Discovery. And uh, that that's idiotic scheduling. It it is. I I to this day don't understand. Did they not have it finished? I don't know that they had it totally finished. 
I mean, because that's really the only explanation. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> so let's move off our Star Wars, Star Trek, the stars. Um, have you watched the new Quantum Leap yet? I have not. And I hear it's not doing well. Well, I now, I will, it's only had three episodes air. Unfortunately, it's on Peacock, which probably is not going to survive the streaming wars. Um as a service but I uh, I went into it thinking what all you know what every time they reboot one of our, our beloved, beloved series. series and I thought oh this is just gonna be you know this guy a new guy is gonna be Sam Beckett they're gonna call him Sam Beckett and and they're gonna Starbuck a few characters and everything and I watched the first episode and I'm like and I will, I will admit, I have not finished the first episode. I just haven't had time to watch a lot of television. Um, but what what's going on is it's a continuation of the original Quantum Leap, and they they talk about Sam Beckett, and the new guy's named Ben, and and uh, his fiance ends up being the scientist who is the hologram. Yeah in the show because they're trying to bring him back and Ben is they were examining the the uh, the system the computer system and he wrote a whole bunch of code and then he uploaded himself when nobody else was around and he like Beckett he can't remember everything and so he doesn't know how he fixed the code so that they could bring him back and so, you know, it, it, that's, that's the premise for getting him to go and fix these, you know. It, but essentially, it's, it's the original show over again with just a couple of different you know, characters. I and, almost prefer a continuation over a, a complete reboot. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, is so, you know, they talk about Sam Beckett never coming back. Well, I think there's plans to have at least Scott Bakula come back at some point. But it, that's if the show survives. But... As far as enjoying the show and were the stories engaging and watching, absolutely. So far, it's it's been interesting. Um, so I'm I'm not, again, I'm not too deep in it yet, so I can't make a definitive decision. But for what I've seen so far, it's not disappointing, and it is refreshing that they made it a continuation as opposed to, a, let's reboot it and change everything. You know. Yeah. Have you seen any of the uh, Rings of Power or whatever? Yeah, so I haven't watched the last couple of episodes. Again, yeah, I'm a couple of episodes behind myself. Um, but I have not been disappointed in that either. It's been enjoyable. I struggle with it. Um, it I, I think this is going to be another one of those. It's going to have to finish the season. I'm going to have to go back and binge it. Because yeah, well, I, I mean, can't. so having read... I mean, I, I haven't just read, you know, The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings trilogy. Like, that's what most people consider right. Lord of the Rings. I've read The Silmarillion. I've read The Children of Huron. I've read all the short stories that uh, got published after Tolkien's death by his son. You know, the finished stories. And then some unfinished ones his son finished based on the notes that his father left behind. And um, so... A lot of the, I mean, some of it 
particularly characters, a, a lot of the characters are not unknown, you know, major characters, not the, the cast and the characters they're concentrating on. But I, I've really found it uh, interesting. Now, the downside of it is, unless you're like me, where you're willing to go back when you're not watching the show, and, or while you're watching the show, pause it and look up, okay, what is this again and what is that? Because, I mean, The Lord of the Rings and, and then all the supplemental books and stories that were, you know, Tolkien wrote, because he was, he was world building. Right. Is like War and Peace, or can is very much like, you know, Game of Thrones was really based upon, I think, George R. R. Martin would say no, but I think some of the concepts and ideas were based upon the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and so there's a cast of a thousand characters. I mean, characters who, they're important, and so I've had to go back and and get online and some of the you know the wikis for for Lord of the Rings to go okay who's this character why don't I remember him and and you know those folks who are into it too have updated that and go well this character is actually new he's not in any of the you know yeah. like the Arctic character um, I can't remember any of their names he's the the elf with the the uh, the orcs oh okay gotcha you know. Uh, he he's a new character. They, he didn't exist in as a uh, a concept within you know the Lord of the Rings mythos uh, prior to this. But you know the story of Numenor that's in the Children of Huron, and uh, they've just you know kind of like James Michener you know wrote historical fiction. Yeah, you know the covenant with covered the history of South Africa and and South Pacific was a James Michener book before it became a Rodgers and Hammerstein musical. Um, they uh, they just took that kind of historical story that Tolkien wrote about the destruction of Numenor and everything, and then they put it as they're telling the story through the characters, you know. But you know we're right at the beginning of. You know some of these characters, uh, like Elendil, which is is uh, Aragorn's great 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 grandfather. You know, because this is like five thousand years before the the uh, the Hobbit. <laughs> you know, all all of that is, is is you know really part of the canon of 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 uh, I well Isildur, Elendil is Isildur's father, and then. Uh, Isildur is the one who cut off Sauron's finger and got the ring. I mean, they're main characters in the story at the point. And, you know, this is the, the creation of Gondor and the Northern Kingdom, which the Numenorians created after the destruction of Numenor. And, uh, and, and you know, it, when you read this, and if you study Tolkien long enough, you figure out that he's retelling biblical tales and and uh, and other uh, kind of historical you know Celtic mythology and Norse mythology and all of this he's telling all of this in his make-believe world but retelling some of the stories you know right and Numenor is destroyed by a uh, Numenor could, is kind of a combination of the flood story and and the you know the story of Atlantis, and uh, and and the reason I say that is well, Numenor is destroyed by 
by the valor of the gods because they quit believing in the gods and then tried to, to demand that the gods let them into heaven. And, uh, <clears throat> but Elendil and Isildur and, and Isildur's brother, they and like seven other ships from Numenor because they were the ones who still worshiped the Valor, um, they were the ones that were saved and sent to Middle Earth and then they created the Northern Kingdom and Gondor and, and, uh, and you know, and, and that ties directly into Lord of the Rings story, you know, and they're, they're the, the uh, ancestors of Aragorn, you know. I, I guess I, uh, well, well, this this is the one we need Sean for because yeah, yeah. he's he's the Tolkien geek amongst the the three of us. Um, I I don't know I, I I'm watching it. I, I'm not. Well, I think unless you are a real fan of the Lord of the Rings. Which is, which is what I think my problem with is, it is. is not, you're not going to enjoy it as much as... Because it, it... Can it be a standalone story? Yes. There's too much detail for it to be a standalone story. You, you need to, to really enjoy it. You need to go, oh, this is when this happened, and this is when this happened, and stuff. And, and I, I think that's typical of any of the... That's why so many people only know The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings because The Hobbit in and of itself is a standalone story. Yeah. And most people I don't think ever realize that uh, except for the fact that that Bilbo is in the first book of the the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. Is that the stories are related because in reality they're not that related. I mean other than Bilbo and the Ring. It's it's really the story of the Ring of Power, and uh, well, the Ring that controls them all. Um, but you know, it, it it's kind of like uh, the Hobbit's kind of like the you know the supplemental material that goes with the Book of Boba Fett until you read the first book of the the Lord of the Rings trilogy and you go, oh, so that makes a lot more sense now. But, you know, you still enjoyed The Hobbit because it was a story. It was an adventure. Right. Well, and I think it's a good, uh, it's a good introduction to, to, to the, the larger, yeah, the larger world. And, and we're getting a lot of that history f that we didn't understand in The Hobbit either because it, it didn't seem important. But about Thorin and what happened to... I guess what I would much rather have is I want I want <clears throat> I want to view the Lord of the Rings like A New Hope Empire Strikes Back and, and Return of the Jedi uh, I, I want a prequel series to to set that up and not be like Five million years in the past, and we're going to talk about people who are so disconnected from the characters and the people that I know that I have to go and research who these people are. Yeah. I mean, it's not totally that way, because I mean, but you know, there's this. I mean, because Elrond and Galadriel are two big main characters in the, in this Rings of Power series, but. Um, 
it's hard to take those characters the way they are there and 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 uh, liken them to their characters in the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings series, which is what everybody's doing. Right. You know. But you almost have to because Well, yeah, that's, because that's your reference and your connection. Yeah, exactly. To this medium. I mean, because the reality of it is, is with the exception of the elves and Gandalf, who they haven't really called Gandalf yet, they're the only three characters that are the same. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I think that's what's making it hard for people to relate it back and forth. I mean, because it, it's, it's visually stunning. I mean, it's... Yeah, if I had one singular praise for it is the cinematography has been it's outstanding. Beautiful. I mean, it's it's a beautifully crafted and beautifully shot series. I just it's it's just too much. Yeah, and I, I think that's what people find. I mean, uh, similar things. I I know you you weren't into the Game of Thrones. Yeah, I still haven't seen, I haven't watched a single episode of that yet. I. I, I've, now I'm waiting for the the new series to be done so that I can go back and watch them all. Yeah, I, I watched. I, I've watched about the first third of the new series, and and it's is been, it any good? It's. I've heard mixed reviews. It's not terrible, okay, but it's hard to make. It's even even more so for me. At least, because at least I know a lot of the detail about Lord of the Rings and and you know the the whole world of Middle Earth and all of that. The the I forget what it, what the prequel is called, but Matt Smith is is kind of the the foil in the movie in, or in the show. Okay, and I don't think he's convincing in that role. Uh, He's he, kind of dopey. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, they got him, you know, because the the Targaryens who were the... And, and you know, there's there's a ton of history and stuff, and, you know, that you kind of have to, to understand, too, in the whole Game of Thrones world. You know, because he built... He was... George R. Martin was world-building, and so you have to understand what came before to really understand the motivations for the, the just the main story. Yeah. And the Targaryen family, who was the, they were the rulers of Westeros, which is the the continent that that Game of Thrones takes place on, um, for hundreds of years, and you know, and they came from another country uh, where, but they were all like blonde people and stuff. And Matt Smith, as a beach bottle blonde, does not is not one. It's hard to look at him because it it's it's not convincing, you know. <laughs> um, but it just, it's the acting seems forced in my opinion. He's trying to act this character the way that, you know, somebody's directing him to, but it's not. It doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel authentic, exactly. Uh, that's my, so far, my problem with it. Um, and again, you have to, uh, you really have to have paid attention. And, and frankly, you really have, would have had to pay attention to the books. To really catch the connection, not so much the television show because the the TV show, while it was very entertaining, you know you can't. You, you, there's just no way they. Well, they should have, but 
they they decided that they even though they did like seven seasons that you know they weren't going to get all the details that are in all the books but that's partially because he wasn't done writing he still hasn't written the last book well there you go i mean he may not write the ending that they wrote or they did in the in the series may not be the ending that the book has or the it may the ending may be much more complicated than you know sure and i'm okay with that I am too. I am too. I actually, I don't know that George R. R. Martin is interested in doing the, uh, writing the last book. Because I think he would have if he was interested in doing it. He's been writing other books. You know. And, and the other thing is, is, although I was really, really impressed with the uh, first five or so of the, the uh, Game of Thrones books, the last couple have not been that good. And, you know, he used a unique writing style to tell because there's so many, again, it's like War and Peace. There's there's hundreds of characters, and they're significant, you know? The problem with, with, a, with a story like that is that it gets bogged down in all those details. You know, and I... I well, it, it, it so I mean he he wrote it in an interesting way, the, it, and, and so at the beginning you have lots of characters, and I think he's partially responsible for the fact that it's now a, a thing, you know, that I'm gonna run a season of a television show or a couple seasons of a television show, and then I'm gonna kill two or three of the main characters off. Oh yeah, uh, because that's the way his book yeah. was in the beginning. Well, there's Walking all, Dead did that too. Yeah, in the beginning, uh, well, but <coughs> Game of Thrones predated the books, predated Walking Dead. In the beginning, you had this whole set of characters, and I mean, there were lots of characters, and, so you, and and they were significant to the story. But by the time you get to the third book, about half of those characters are dead, and they've only introduced a couple more, you know, who are, and then you get to the fifth book, and half of those characters are dead and by the time you get to the the end of the last book that he wrote there's only a handful of these main characters still you know who are that you that you're really telling the story about left and and he did, what was interesting about how the way George R R Martin wrote the books is that each chapter would be taken from one character's perspective and that was what was cool so you know you would you would go from this chapter, and it, they, it might re even retell some of the same events, but taken from this character's perspective versus this character's perspective. And and he did a good job, well, I don't know if he did a good job, but his editor did a good job of making sure that even when they repeated some of this stuff, there was a reason for it, and it moved the story forward. And uh, that was one of the complaints I had with the show, was that, they would have episodes sometimes that never moved the story forward or moved it forward so little it, you couldn't tell but that's <laughs> that's that's my beef with with andor yes bringing us back full circle is there were three episodes of that show that have nothing to do with the actual story that they're trying to tell. Well, and here's the thing. So now, I get you want to try and build this character with a complex backstory. Yeah. 
But three episodes? episodes? Yeah. Well, it, and here's here's the thing. I, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. I mean, I the show move, is moving very slow. Yeah, you're right. There's <laughs> there's very little forward. The last three episodes of the show, which is concentrated on, on the current... Because the first two episodes actually move things forward fairly fast. And then you have the last three episodes, and the majority of those episodes, it's like, are we ever going to get to doing what they said they're going to do? Um, and, and that has been frustratingly slow. That's why I think I've enjoyed the Imperial parts and the Mon Mothma story, because those parts, the story's moving much faster. Now, the one thing that I think has moved even slower than this, this what they're the Cassian Andor and his crew are doing is they they made a big point of uh, making a big deal out of the Cyril character in the first episode, the deputy security chief, corporate yeah, security chief. Yeah, I was going to get to him because they I keep still bringing don't... they keep bringing him back uh, in all these episodes because he you know he was dismissed because the Empire came in to do security, correct? And he had to go home in shame to his mother and live with her. And so they keep flashing back, or not really flashing, but you know, telling his story. But that is increasingly, excruciatingly slow and dull. And dull. But they keep bringing back, which tells me that they're doing something with this character for the future. But because the show is moving so slow, it's like I almost don't care. <laughs> no, I. He's one of the characters that I'm like, okay, I I fully grasp why he was a focal point in those first three episodes. No, absolutely. backstory. Yeah. Now, it's like, what? They retained a character that they should have thrown away instead of well, they're retaining they're throwaway re characters that they should retain. They, they're retaining him because they're, I think the, the storyline means that he's coming back to do something. Um, well, I think at some point he's, he's going to get that the Empire is, is not for him. Yeah. You know, and he's going to go and, and join the Rebellion at some point. He'll have some thing to, some part to play in the plot. Yeah. I get well, all Well, you know, it's kind of funny, so... But I don't, I don't need all that. I, I don't need his, his nagging mother. I don't need the, the, the whatever culture they are. I don't, I, I don't need yeah, any of that. Yeah, you... They could leave those parts out, shorten those episodes, and we would, and they could even bring the character back later, and it wouldn't matter. It, you know, it really wouldn't. That, all of that incidental stuff is is. Which is what Star Wars is known <coughs> for. Yeah. You don't. You didn't get. You didn't get Cy Snoodle's whole backstory of why you know she got into music. Yeah. I don't need that. I just need her to be on stage to do her thing. Yeah. You know, I, that's all I need. The Disney stuff seems to like want to dig into minute details of characters that nobody cares about. Yeah, I mean or, it's not like this is Boba Fett for crying out loud. Or nobody cares about, or or should care about right now. Exactly. Yeah. And, well, and it's kind of funny the treatment that they gave about the Andor series said it was going to focus more on that the female uh, ISB agent and. And her relationship with 
And she Andor. didn't show up until like episode four. Well, they show her in the first episode. She's the one who's walking into the Imperial Security Bureau um, at the very beginning. And then they have maybe two or three minutes with her and the, the major and the ISB. And then they every episode, there's two or three minutes of her, you know, and, and we get a little bit more information about her, but it's not that the treatment that I was expecting was more like, so she, Cassian Andor is her, because uh, the way the treatment read is that she's the ISB agent, Cassian Andor is one of her assets, and it's his discovery of, of what's going on with the Empire and that drives him to the rebellion. Yeah. Not. Yeah. That yeah. she's going to be like the Cassian hunter. Correct. Which is the, the, the fatal flaw that the, the corporate security kid made. made. Yeah. So, yeah, I struggle with that. Uh, I agree. And the the uh, the ISB agent who's the traitor, I, I I don't get his motivation either. Even though they've they've told us what that story is, I don't buy it. Yeah, I'm expecting him to betray them in a future episode, probably the next one. Yeah, yeah. I I I don't know. I I've enjoyed it. Not. I'm I'm. It's one of those shows that I put on and I can follow it while I'm doing other stuff because it moves so slowly. Well, that's the way I feel about Ring of Power. Yeah. I, I, I can't just, like, watch it I, I, because I just I can't. But, uh, well, you know, it, it, I will say this. I've probably said it a hundred times and I will say it again. The, the new paradigm of entertainment, uh, which is to either make a prequel or you know reboot a beloved series is getting thin um i mean some do it well like i think paramount did strange new worlds extremely well and then i think like disney plus has done other than the mandalorian part has done fairly poorly with both the Star Wars uh, franchise and the Marvel Comics universe. We haven't franchise. talked about She-Hulk. I have not watched it because really? I just I re, I am superheroed out. Um, I don't want to watch it. I'm not interested. It's, I've heard that it it's different. Yeah, and it's a nice change of pace. It's it's kind of Deadpool-y without the the gratuitous violence. Yeah. Um, it's a nice change of pace. It's not WandaVision. Let's let's put it that way. <laughs> but I, I, anymore, I mean, I'm just I'm so sick of the. I, I watched about the first thirty or forty minutes of Thor: Love and Thunder, and that was just terrible. Um. I, I'm just I'm over the, the I'm over the MCU, you know I, I I. It's just not entertaining anymore. My beef with the MCU. It, it's like watching Thor Bug, alone. It's like watching Bugs Bunny. Thor aside, I should say, uh, they've replaced Captain America. They've killed off Iron Man. 
uh, Hulk is. They don't have. It's like they don't know what to do with him. Uh, Hawkeye is done. Yeah. And they they killed off Black Widow. Uh, that to me, those are the Avengers. Exactly. They killed the Avengers off. I I have no interest in continuing with. But I'm Doctor Strange is okay. Yeah. Uh, Scarlet Witch. But you know who is, could be you interesting. Know, you know what made the last? Well, it wasn't Doctor Strange anyway. It was uh, Shang Chi. Uh huh. What that made that movie was interesting was Aquafina. No. <laughs> she was the annoying part for me, but I know you liked her performance. Well, I, I'm like, something good has to come out of this movie. At least she was funny. You know? <laughs> But 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 yeah, I, I I'm not interested. I didn't like the Doctor Strange comic books when they were printing them, much less this whole Doctor Strange story with with Benedict, and uh, it just and Spider Man just doesn't feel like he's a part of it. No, at all. I mean, to the point like you want to watch the the MCU on Disney Plus. Yeah. You can't find Spider Man with a search warrant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean he. I'm surprised they haven't edited him out of Civil War. Well, That's what, what how I, bad I, it is. The the uh, last Spider-Man movie, the one that actually Marvel made, uh-huh. the best part of it was John Favreau as, <laughs> you know, as uh, oh, what was uh, his Happy name? Happy, yeah. He's the best part of that movie, and I'm like, you know, it. I it just they they've screwed that up. They, I I understand. That they want to get their money out of the purchase of Marvel. But they've screwed the comic books up. They've screwed the movies and television series up. I mean, when Loki finished, I was super excited to go for the second season of Loki. At now, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to watch it. Really? I, I just don't care. I've lost... There's just nothing. Well, that's it, that's the other problem that I have, and I feel the same thing about Star Trek, I, I, on Paramount Plus. Yeah. The 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 seasons are too short, and then the the the, the gulf of time between, uh, I mean, the, practically an eon between when a season ends and the next season starts. Yeah. It, it's You're right. it's too long. I, it is too long. I, I have lost my interest. I had to go back and actually watch the last season of, or the last episode of Lower Decks to remember what all that crap was about. Yeah. Not that it was that complicated because it's a cartoon. But you But you, you know, I agree with you. This and I blame Netflix primarily for this, but this whole 10 season or 10 episode season thing when we, you go back and you look at TNG and they were making hour episodes back then or 45 minute episodes and yes are the like strange new worlds and all that are they a whole hour yes and and lower decks is a full half hour sometimes a little bit over a half hour but there were 22 episodes uh on average in almost every season of, of next gen and that's what I want is I want 22 episodes I don't want 10 episodes 
and then have to wait nine months for another ten episodes to air. Yes. Um, I, I don't mind a. I, I don't mind a a. Not Picard. A, a ten. Picard did, ten episode arc. Yeah, but like like the Picard series, knowing that it's it's a shortened series, you know, it, it's only yeah. going to run for so many seasons. It that one I don't mind being a ten episode per season, because that's like should be the filler in between when the twenty two episode seasons don't, you know, and they can do that for Discovery if they did twenty two episodes of Discovery. I just never even if they it. brought back short treks for stuff like that, I'd be okay with that. Well, and I'm just but the problem is, is that the post post production is taking so long on these animation. Well, all of them, all, all of these shows. Yeah, uh, I I don't recall TNG, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, TOS had some production problems, but not like this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get COVID. Okay, COVID was COVID. I mean, well, the world point, shut down. Yeah, th- at this point, that's over. We've moved past yeah. that. Yeah. Very true. Very true. It shouldn't take that long. That's no. what I'm getting at. Yeah. So, any other uh, series? Um. Um. Well, I mean, you know, we we try to st- stick with sci-fi and, and fantasy here but I'm back to watching NCIS again I have not even started um, <laughs> none of them I haven't watched any of them I, I, I'm back to like having to watch it on Paramount Plus because I, I can't s- stay up Yeah, I can't stay awake uh, which is saying something because I love these characters and I, and, I, and I love the stories but I, I can't stay up my my, I'm getting. I'm. Uh, and I feel okay. the same way about the rookie. Yeah. I, I love the rookie. Uh, they just can't stay I up just, to watch them. I just can't stay up. Yeah, I I haven't watched any of the rookie yet. Uh, I mean, it's only been two episodes this season. I haven't watched any of the NCISs yet. Um, and have you seen? Well, you probably haven't. The the rookie spinoff, Feds. No. Oh, has that got Nisi Nash in it? Yeah. It's okay. So I, far. I have not seen that one. Uh, she's going to uh, wear me out. Yeah. I can only take so much of that. We'll see. <laughs> well, I think we'll leave it for there. Please send us some feedback. Let us know what you think of all the series we discussed or clue us in on a series that we're not aware of that you think is really good. Send that feedback to gizmosapiens at gmail.com and we'll see you on the digital flip side.